Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hey everyone, how's it going? Welcome back to The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How is it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And we are back to recording another episode, as is the custom every week, I guess. Twice a week now, by the way. Let us know if you guys are enjoying the new format. Uh, it's been a lot more fun for us because getting to write individual topics, I think, has actually made it better. It's like a you can do an hour lesson or something in an hour. Yeah, true. I also think like one of the upsides is that we have a separate like day of discussion for both the topics like normally oh, right. normally any show would be you know both topics right so if we had a main topic and then a deck tech then all the comments for that day or the or there's like a three-day cycle or so where everyone's really watching or listening to the show yeah and that's what the discussion's about both things and now they're sort of separated and it makes it the discussion go on a little bit longer you can sort of get more specific yeah, that's you true. Know. And some some things just get lost when you do a show that's that long. Like one thing will get concentrated on, and there's other good points, but they get overshadowed. So it's this... also tiring to do without a break in, befo- in between. That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is like if the deck tech doesn't necessarily fit the show, you know, then you have to sort of you know you do you purposely up. structure the deck tech around that. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. It just but then it, it hampers little... what you can do your main topic on because you're like, well, do we have a deck that goes with that topic? So yeah. I mean, I prefer it, but we definitely want to hear from you guys mm-hmm. whether you prefer the uh, two episodes per week or, we, you know, two shorter episodes or one longer episode. So. And it does actually make our workload a little less, which is nice. Really? I feel like it makes it a little more. It but probably does. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we're putting out two videos as well, and we have to... Every time you sit and hit export on a video, and our editor is... He has suffered the most through this. You get to see a little thing that goes from zero to 100%. Like four hours to do it. <laughs> yeah, the like, export. You have to do it overnight. Yeah, you have to do it overnight. Uh, anyway, in today's episode, uh, Josh has prepared a spicy one. It's a big spicy meatball here. Yes, we're calling it Politips and Politricks. Oh, uh, yeah. Not politics, but tips and tricks. Tips and tricks for politics. Wow, we didn't even get tongue-tied saying any of that. Nope. Uh, do we jinx ourselves? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're screwed for the rest of the episode. <laughs> do not say the title uh, again. So I've called politics like our six-pack abs uh, topic for this show it's like we could literally you know how every time you look at like men's health magazine or any of those like fitness magazines like every single episode yeah or every single issue they teach you how to get six-pack abs like we could do that like we could talk politics like every time because it's you know it's ever evolving too and it's borderline the most important thing about the format so 
this is our third revisiting this we're going to get a little bit more specific mm-hmm. you know the last couple of times we've been sort of broad philosophical about you know politics this is going to be a little more like in this specific situation i might do this or here's little just little jedi mind tricks you can play <laughs> a lot of a lot of psychology a lot of little things that we like to do within the game and um i hope you get excited too because this is pretty exciting stuff i this i'm really i was really excited coming over here uh to talk about this one because yeah this is this is cool stuff it's gonna it's hopefully there'll be a few level up moments for everybody and uh you know just some stuff that's gonna be fun to try out it yeah and that's i think a huge thing to do as well is if you guys do try it out and it works or it doesn't work for any reason that's awesome because I mean, I think we're, I guess we're fans of empirical evidence post tuck debate. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. We like evidence. Yeah. Evidence helps us become better players. Uh, so it, it would be awesome if you guys uh, do get to try these out and hopefully uh, you don't ruin any friendships because of it. So. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> um, but first we would like to put out the request for uh, some reviews on iTunes. Um, yeah. We are just trying to get the show out there, get more exposure. This really helps us. We've talked about it in the past. I'm sure a lot of you have heard us and you're meaning to go do it. And, you know, by the end of the show, it's easy to sort of forget or just be like, I'll yeah. do it later. Um, it does help us a lot. Get guests, get the show out there, you know, helps us put us on Wizards radar more than we already are and yeah. just keeps propelling the show forward. So if you can go give us a positive uh, star rating and, you know, a written review really does help. Yeah. And I have big dreams for this podcast. I want to be really like, I want to be tied to the, like every year when spoiler season happens for commander stuff, like that should be the best time in the world to be running this podcast. That's what I want because I want to have spoilers. I want to like give information away and tell people about stuff and like be able to talk about it too, especially because hopefully we'll have like 80 episodes by then. So we'll have a big backlog. Well, yeah, if we keep going two per week, we're going to have a lot. Hey, Four Color Commanders, I think it's happening. Uh, the more I you guys so. talk about it, uh, and we did talk about this, actually, because we were guesting on Brainstorm Brewery this past week. So make sure you guys check that out. Jason has been on the show before to help tell us uh, some great financial tips and how my favorite thing to hear is that EDH players just do it right when it comes to buying cards. <laughs> it's like, oh, thanks, man. I think Appreciate he was just that. flattering us. Yeah, well, <laughs> flattering yeah, no. us so he can have some good trades with us in the future. Who knows? I'm just messing. Uh, so, But it was awesome. We got to hang out with all the guys, and they are all a blast. They're a riot. I can't wait to go to Vegas. Oh, yeah. We're <laughs> totally going to hang with all of them. Uh, Marcel, Corbin, Ryan, Jason, they had us on. Uh, it was last week's episode. So if you don't listen to that show already, it's a financial show. It's mm-hmm. about the financials of Magic. Um, it's about sort of min-maxing when you're buying, when you're trading, you know, a lot of the stuff we talked about in our trading up episode, that's like very, very tip of the iceberg. These guys yeah. know their stuff. They know way more about it than we do. Um, it's a really good podcast to listen to. One thing I will say is that their podcast does have the E symbol for explicit language. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know if we've ever said this before, but our show is, you know, one of our mission statements is to be fam- family friendly. Yeah. So we're never going to have obscene language and we're never going to have, you know, s- anything that you wouldn't see during like primetime television. So yeah. it'll be safe for your kids. I mean, I got back into the game to teach my nephew how to play. So I don't want to do a show that he wouldn't be able to listen to. Absolutely. Exactly. And yeah. of course, now he's going to go listen and to Brainstorm Brewery for sure. as well. Yeah. And, and Jimmy, I don't want to upset him. Yeah. So. I get easily upset. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's just a warning. I mean, you know, if 
if you're listening with your kids, I know like um, Mike Murphy and his mm-hmm. daughters listen. You know, Brainstorm Brewery is probably not right for the for your daughters yet. Also, if she's interested in financial stuff, then I mean, maybe she's just going to the stock market. You know, I mean, get, get her get started a, early, Mike. Yeah, get her right? started early. That's your retirement plan. So just <laughs> you know, you should be you know just pushing. Don't let her sleep. Make her study financials. Yeah, but the finance side of, of magic is really fascinating, and it's all something that we actively engage in whenever we buy cards, even though we don't like think about it necessarily. Sometimes it's just like, oh wow, that's so expensive. But I guess I can spend this much money on a card now so the finance aspect of it actually helps you know like think about your purchases in a way that i guess helps you in the long term which is something that everyone should be worried about because it's really easy to uh to go real deep into magic and then realize you've blown x amount of money and don't feel like playing anymore so listening to these guys will help that and they're great yeah they're and really they're really great we, we we highly recommend them um yeah that was a lot of fun all right you ready for the? I'm ready. I'm just. Let's just move into it. Like I'm. I'm excited to talk main about it. I'm just like, topic. Yeah. Main, the main, main topic, topic. We're calling it politicking. 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 Political tricking. Tricks in the political atmosphere. I just like politicking and politicking. I like politicking. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds a mix like between I'm tipping po- a woman named Paula. <laughs> Yeah, Paula tipping. Every time Paula serves me when I go to this diner, I always tip her because she <laughs> is. It's political very nice. tricks and tips. Yes. So we're talking about you know things you might use during different situations to sort of manipulate your way to victory. So it's the part of the game that's not the cards. Mm-hmm. You know, we may talk about some cards this episode, but it's not going to be really card based. This is more like socially based, you know, situation based. Um, yeah, and we're going to talk a lot about a bunch of techniques, but you're not necessarily going to use, you know, usually a game of EDH doesn't require you to use seven different social techniques, you know, <laughs> you're just going to use one or two, but, but we want to cover some bases so that you have, you, you want a toolbox mm-hmm. of political tricks, you know, Jedi mind tricks, I like to call them that you can use in dis- different situations. If you're just always using the same one, then people are going to catch on. And part of manipulating, part of being political, po- part of politrickin is they don't see it coming they don't they don't know what you're trying to do to them yeah or you're always one step ahead think of it like in chess you mm-hmm. know if you can predict your opponent's moves you're better off if they can predict your moves you're they're better off. Yeah, they're much better off yeah. yeah so actually that's something that we haven't really talked about but you don't get stale you know yeah if you're like i said if you're doing the same political maneuvering mm-hmm. in the same way every time they're going to be on to you and it's not going to work as well Enough- yeah it actually it's like it will lose efficacy every single time yes. you try to do it. It's like they build up a tolerance to it. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like a drug. Um, don't do drugs, kids. Uh, the other thing I will say is that this type of social like interaction is very, very specific to the people you're interacting with. So what you'll mm-hmm. find is like a, a certain turn of phrase or a way you do something will work very well against one person, but another person, it won't work at all. You know, in some, it's it's like at a very basic level it'll trigger the f- fight or flight response a different way, you know, for two different people. So you just have to like tailor a lot of it's experimental. You, tr- you try something and then you go, Oh, this person reacts this way to this type of stimulus. And this other person re- reacts a totally different way. So I have, that's another reason why you need, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of politics in your bag of trick politics. You got to have all the tricks and the tips and the tips. Well, the tips help you perform the tricks correctly. Yes. Like tips for tricks. <laughs> We're getting Are we weird, still talking wacky, about it? Yeah, yeah, what happened? Weird territory. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
I do enjoy this too because this depends a lot upon your friend group. If you're playing with the same people each time, where it's like your friend introduced you to the game, and from that you you know you've been playing him with him every single time you play Commander, then you're really gonna know the player well. But a lot of times you'll have no idea how someone plays, and hopefully some of these tricks will help you like navigate those waters because you don't want to do something that's so out there and so like clearly maneuvering that may work with someone else that's just going to go fall flat in his face in another game and someone's like all right well now i do not trust you at all i'm gonna just swing all out and kill you i mean we'll talk about this um later on but the more you do it the sort of more better you get at judging Mm -hmm. you know you know at, at sort of nailing uh you know personality types and what works you know there's it's not like every person's different yeah but in general there's a few types of person and once you can identify that then you can sort of say oh this type of trick will work on them yeah yeah all right well let's move on to it then okay so the first headline is that communication is key so politics is about communicating and there's really two levels of communicating there's verbal and there's nonverbal. um and so it's about giving and receiving cues right and sly winks like hey but hey i'm gonna swing at you wink wink yes exactly and and without all the winking but if you're doing the winking it's a totally different message than if you're not yeah so a lot of politics is understanding nonverbals and understanding not just what you're saying but how you're saying it very true yeah that's a lot of sort of what social manipulation is about Um, uh, a lot uh, of it is doesn't even involve talking at all it's just posturing yeah, actually, posturing, I'd say, is one of the biggest things because your board state does a lot of talking for you. And usually when you're talking about other stuff, you're either trying to, like, obscure the fact that your board state doesn't, like, necessarily tie into what you're saying. Right. Or, you know, you, you want to, like, you always have to be conscious because it's not just you sitting at the table. It's not like, at, like, at the poker table, it's it's how many chips they're putting in, right? That's right. their posturing. In this case, it's, like, how many creatures do you have? Is your is your commander a legendary god? <laughs> is it indestructible? Right. Like, what does your board say about you? Well, but to go with the poker analogy, it's not just about how many chips they're pushing in. It's how mm-hmm. are they pushing those chips in? You know, are their hands shaking? Do they push them in really fast? Do they think about it for a while and push them in slowly? Like, all those things are little reads and little tells that can sort of be part of the equation that just makes you decide, like, What's the what's the information behind that? Like, mm-hmm. how do I get at what their you know what does that mean? Their hand is and how yeah. strong is it and blah blah blah. So even stuff like why are they looking at that one card more than every other card in their hand? Yeah, exactly. What's why are they looking at your cards? Why are yeah. they? Yeah. So I, I think the key here, though, you know, when we say communication is key, it's just that you have to go into the game knowing that you're going to be interacting directly with the other players. You mm-hmm. know, you see this sometimes, especially with new players, and a lot with spikes also. They're just used to being in their bubble, and they're going to play their cards, and they're going to play your board. But in EDH, you play the other people. Yeah. So you're looking at them, you're looking at the eye, you're talking to them, you're, you know, using nonverbal signals with them, you know, you're posturing, and you need to control and be aware of all that stuff because it can really help you, you know, achieve victory in the game. Yeah, and I mean, that's why I think the majority of people that play EDH play it is because this is a huge part of the game. Yeah, this to me is what the game is about. Yeah, the cards are, you know, the cards could be anything, and we've demonstrated that you can make decks for next to nothing and beat the best decks. It just, it it just, it, it all comes down to this stuff. How many times have we said EDH is the one format where you can make a case that playing worse cards actually increases your chance to win. That's true. You know, because the strong, powerful cards are scary to the other players and can cause them to come after you, where a weak card can actually be a boon to you mm-hmm. because it it looks like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, and it can make them sort of uh, not 
consider you a just threat. Just kind of ignore you. Yes, exactly. Like which so, can which can be a very strong play. Yeah, like tortoise in the hare status. Yeah, like you're playing your. Well, I guess a a tomb. Uh, like what's well, the meandering market festival is my favorite. Oh, I was gonna say an actual yeah. turtle, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Market festival is actually a really fascinating example. We had a couple people tweet us about it as well. Yeah, and I think that's a hard thing to get about the card. A lot of people really questioned it, and my point was that it's basically as good as a mana rock. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's way less threatening. And it also... It, it, can, it survives a lot of board states, too. Yeah. And it can cause people to sort of like, oh, uh, knock you down a peg in their mind on how good you are at the game because you're <laughs> playing Market Festival. Where, in reality, it's doing the same thing as a Mana Rock is doing, you know. Right. But it doesn't look as good as a Mana Rock. Well, especially if your deck is also set to untap land. And yes, stuff, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's about interacting with your opponents on a social level it's really about psychological warfare mm-hmm. you know it's about manipulating them to to do the things you need them to do i mean it was sun Tzu that said all of warfare is based on deception we had the great sun Tzu episode by the way that was oh, yeah like our, episode two two or, is our first or four, episode yeah. about politics it's episode two it's two yeah yeah and uh we we did a whole breakdown of politics and it's broad and more philosophical if you haven't listened to that after this one i would definitely recommend it um that was more, you know, it wasn't as specific. So, yeah. Uh, the next category I'm calling beyond threat assessment because this is a big thing. People are always complaining about, um, you know, we saw this on our Reddit threads when we asked for topics that mm-hmm. people want to discuss. And a lot of people go and they go, well, why, why can't, why doesn't my group understand like who's the biggest threat at the table? Yeah. You know, why can't they see th- the things on the board that are the most dangerous? Like, why do they just react wrongly? You know? And it's right. like, like the guy has two out of three of the infinite combo pieces out, but everyone's still going at you because you have the biggest creature or yeah. something. You know, these are the examples that people are talking about. So I'm going to answer that question because we get asked a lot. Mm-hmm. It's because you, the person asking the question, are playing incorrectly. Yeah, you have not, you have not helped them identify the correct threat. You're just going there asking why, or you have identified yourself as the mm-hmm. threat. You know that happens a lot. It's like, why are they attacking me? That guy's clearly more dangerous. Yeah, you messed up. Yeah. You messed up. They don't care. They are going after you for some reason that doesn't have to do with the board because EDH is not about the board. Yeah. It's about the personalities that are controlling all the pieces on the board. So I would say also that, you know, politics is not always about pointing people at the biggest threat or convincing everyone to team up with you, you know, to like take another person down. It's oftentimes about just deflecting or aiming people away from you, Mm -hmm. you know? It's a lot of people think, oh, it's politics, and politics really means I get these people to be on my side. A lot of times, it means I get these other two people to fight each other. There is a card that does this. It's a. It was in the commander set. It was someone yeah. that parted the sort of the water as it flowed by, like to not does not stand in the water's way. He can sort of like step aside and let the uh, the stuff go past them or bounce off of them. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that Bruce Lee exposes us a lot about too. Yeah, it's about liquid. What's stronger than water? Yeah, you know, water cannot be broken but it can fill any cup, any cup, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a very like Jeet Kune Do kind of philosophy. And, you know, well, if we can be more like Bruce Lee, I think that's probably good, right? <laughs> Those games would be pretty intense. There'd be a lot of very focused players at the table. <laughs> so, so my first politrick specifically would be like there it's, it's sort of a mental exercise and the mental exercise is somebody at your table plays a big threat. They play a hydra omnivore or yep. they play tooth and nail. Well, what would they ha- would be depending so on what they got. They, they play yeah. Ulamog. Right. They play whatever. Instead of thinking immediately, oh crap, that thing's going to kill me, mm-hmm. your mental exercise is to say, oh, awesome. 
<laughs> that thing's going to kill my opponent. That's a good exercise. And if you can get that in your mind and then work towards that goal, you'll be very hard to beat at EDH. I mean, it'll it'll up your game so much. You know, that's what I think. Anytime a big threat comes out, my brain doesn't think, oh, crap, that thing's going to kill me. It thinks, awesome. How can I get that thing aimed at one of the other players? Until they turn it at you. But, but if you're doing see, things See, you're right. already thinking wrong, Jimmy. Oh, no. You don't think like that. You think, this is awesome. That Ulamog, when it, when it slams into Craig, what's he going to do about it? And what's better than a threat that's on the board bashing your opponent in the face and you're not even getting blamed for it? Well, the best part is you don't have to deal with it usually. Yeah, or if the, you do deal with it, you're hailed as a new hero, Josh. Yeah, you don't even worry about dealing with it. You worry about pointing it away from you. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, if you can make everyone else exhaust resources to deal with something that has hit the table, uh, then you're in a much better position. Right. I, I mean, mean, that is... It's a different kind of control that any deck can play, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's controlling the action on the board without cards. It's controlling it socially. Yeah. So, you know, one of the, the goal of, of controlling where other players are pointed not just like teaming up with them and and but actually like there's no teams there's no allies but somebody plays something big and scary and and I already know that they're not going to attack me with it yeah that is what's the required the unspoken alliance well, no it's not even an alliance they're just not worried the about unspoken you unspoken alliance well there there's no alliance they're not asking anything of you you know an ally is saying like hey let's team up and you do good things for me and I'll do good things for you uh, a non-aggression is just like I'm not worried about you, but I I'm go- I need to kill that guy. This is true. Yeah, and that actually is the best place to be in because you don't you don't owe anybody anything. So to achieve this, you have to start laying groundwork like really early. How you know, early? Like shake hands as you enter the door early. Yes. Sit down at the table early. Yes. There we go. When you enter the room, you can start playing the game. Yeah. The social game doesn't start when you sit down at the table and are shuffling cards, and this is controversial. It doesn't matter whether you agree with it or not. This is the way games work. There's never really a completely out of game setting for a social game. Yeah. You know, if you're talking about your deck with your friend and he's suggesting cards or you're telling him what cards you have in your deck, do you think he doesn't use that information when you sit down to the table a couple of days later? No, oh, he yeah. does. So even if he's not mentally thinking about it, when you start playing against, like he'll think like, oh, this is that deck that did that. And, you know, I know he's the, got this card in there because yeah. he told me just the other day. So you, you can never keep the game completely insulated yeah. within itself. So this is just ex- extending that. So yeah, when you come in, you can start, you can do things like, oh man, I didn't know Alex was going to be here. He always kicks our butt, you know? <laughs> Boom. Just that little uh, statement. What did that do? Uh-oh, I got to worry about Alex now. Yep. You know, the guy, whoever you talk to. That may be the first tactic I learned without even learning it because yeah. when I started playing, Alex was clearly the best player that I knew. And so someone else, I think someone else must have just said Craig. it. Craig, yeah. Craig uses his tactic all the time. Sure. I mean, they played together for a long time as yeah. well. So Alex even knows it. Oh, yeah. And it annoys him, but he can't do a lot about it because Craig's been playing that tactic for so long that it's kind of a gimme. Yeah. You know, other things you can do is you sit down at the table, you know, everybody starts pulling out their deck. You see a commander on somebody and you go, man, Animar. Oh, geez. I didn't know we were playing our best decks. Yeah. What's that do? <laughs> well, that deck's the most scary right now because I'm the one that said it out loud. Yeah. And you don't even have to be that obvious about it if you want. You could just be like, yeah. oh, Animar. And then 
the people at the table that know who Animar is. I mean, the best is when you go like I I did I do this all the time. I look around and I you know you can give compliments to other mm-hmm. people's commanders like wow that's so cool you built that deck and then someone else will chime in it's like yeah you did this with it this one time and then blah, blah, blah. it's like thanks for dredging up that beautiful history exactly that I have nothing a part of. <laughs> so you need to think about pointing the other players at each other or painting targets on people or whatever as it's not like a you do one thing and it happens. It's yeah. a brick by brick. You yeah. know you build this foundation and and you build it piece by piece and by that's why you got to start early. And then by turn five or six or seven or eight, when he plays Ulamog, you've already, you've already laid the groundwork so that he's worried about this other guy that you've been pointing at. Yep. Very um, fun stuff. Oh, the other thing is I, I think being transparent is usually a good thing because any sort of like under the table nudges, looks and stuff are, is the exact kind of thing that will get people to not trust you. Yes. So I totally agree. I think there's a lot of that too, because it, there, it kind of is a fun part of it. Like a little, like, even like a little silent nod that does get through could change the course of a game. But if someone catches you in the act, like you are, <laughs> you look like the slyest dude at the table and it's not a good thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree, actually. And there are ways to get that same message across to the people that you want to receive it. Yeah. And just in full view of everybody so it doesn't feel like you're being underhanded. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the next section is move and counter move. So just like any part of the game, politics or politrix, politrickin involves uh, knowing how to counteract the political tactics that your opponents are employing. So it's not just like, what am I doing? It's also being aware of politics to the points where you're like, oh, he's trying to do that. Yeah. And here's how I can counter it. So let's take like a very common scenario. The scenario is I have a creature. Nobody else has a creature. So I'm choosing who to attack. Now we, this happens almost every game of EDH. You know, where there's somebody and they can either... As early as turn two. Usually. Yeah, they've just got played the first creature. Nobody else played a creature. It's their turn. They go to combat and, you know, they have a choice because they can hit anybody. Mm-hmm. And so what are their choices? Your choices are you can just attack somebody. You can just be like you, Jimmy, and attack. Or you can roll a dice. And you can go, you're, you're one and two, you're three and four, you're five and six. Roll the dice. Whoever the dice says, attack that person. Now, let's pause really quick there. What does that rolling the dice do? Nothing. It takes the blame away from you. I mean, for me, I'm like, statistically, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but I mean, wh- why, why are you doing You're it? You're doing it to essentially shed off people being like, hey, why'd you swing at me first? Being like, hey, man, look, the universe decided not me. Yeah, you're deflecting blame. Yeah. It's all about defe- deflecting blame. Now, why do you want to deflect blame? Because you don't want that person to hold you accountable for what you did. Yep. And every little point of damage does matter. So that's the second thing you might do. The third thing is you could attack a specific person, but say something yeah so you go well jimmy you got a soul ring out turn one i gotta attack you yeah hey turn one explore you just yep. get swung in and i think you know this is a really good tactic is to explain yourself because what does explaining yourself do it absolves you of blame a little bit yeah not as much as maybe the dice but it seems more personal especially if someone else at the table agrees with you you know, then you're putting that player into a position where, you know, especially if it's something like I'm swinging at you because you have something, you know, even though they might be able to put something out that else out that's bigger that can hit you back the next turn, everyone else is already looking at you and they see an aggressor and someone that has just, you know, you just hit him for a couple of points of damage. What's the big deal? Well, I mean, by explaining to someone, you are giving a reason why they don't get mad at you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just swing and don't say anything, well, there's no... I, I obviously am going to remember that and try and get you back because you did it for no reason, you know, but if you go, dude, you got a soul ring out, you're in the best position at the table. I got to swing at you. It's not like saying a hundred percent of the time, they're not going to hold a grudge about it. Yeah. But some percentage of the time they're going to be, I mean, it's amazing how often we've seen it 
where you do that and the person you're attacking shakes their head like, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> it's right? true. It's, it's something that's evolved in our meta that wasn't there necessarily when we first started playing. But once the decks became more in like clear view and like who had what going on, it was like, yeah, sure. I got it. Yeah. So, and the fourth thing you might do is, and this is what I call, this is the Paula trick. This is the sort of what I think is the best way to do it most of the time. And again, you can't do this all the time because they'll be on to you, but yeah. is to swing. But before you swing, you ask the table. Hey. You go, okay, well, I got to swing at somebody. Who should I swing at, guys? And now everyone's a contributor. And when you give the people the, the ability to speak and to lobby and to campaign, they might say something that creates an enemy among them. Mm-hmm. Like if the guy to your right says, well, you should attack, you know, Jimmy. Jimmy goes, why Why me? What just happened there? Those two guys don't like each other anymore. There's at least a little conflict. I'm not, again, yeah. it's the same thing. It's brick by brick. That's one moment's not going to make Jimmy attack that guy for the rest of the game. Yeah, especially when your board state's going to change so much as it goes through the game. But it's just a little bit. It's just a little percentage. It's a more percentage chance that those two people will be antagonistic and right. you'll be left out of it. Even though you've got the creature, you're going to swing, but you set up this situation where some other guy is commanding it. Yeah, and the interesting thing here, too, is like, okay, so you attack and say nothing, right? The first option, you do it, the person goes, all right, I could hold a grudge against you because you didn't give any reasoning. You have the full blame. You attacked, you decided, and you made the choice. And you roll a dice, the person goes, ideal case, okay, fine, I don't blame you. It was just dice. It could be someone else next turn. You attack this person, person, you give a specific reason why. Hey, it is soaring. Yeah, okay, it absolves the blame, but they still might not like you. You do this politrick. The person doesn't blame you, and two other people don't like each other, potentially. Exactly. There's just, like, the massive upside there. Yeah, exactly. So I love that little trick. You know, again, you can't use it all the time because it'll be on to you. Okay, so now let's talk about the inverse of this situation. So this is the countering the politics of somebody else. So now you're the person at the table who doesn't have the creature. Right. Right? So somebody else has the one creature, and they have it, and they're about to attack. Now, here's a, here's a trick you can pull. You go, wait. Before combat, before combat, Jimmy, who are you going to swing at? Uh, I actually asked that question to the person with the creature. And they look at you and they go, why is he asking that? I look at, here's what my brain process would be. Why is Josh asking that? I'll look at your hand, how big it is, how many lands you have untapped, what colors you're playing. And then think, is he trying to stop me from swinging at him? Can he kill it? Can he kill it? Does yeah. he have a trick? Does is he have a creature with flash? You or know. is Josh the most likely target for this steel hellkite because he has all these tokens out? Mm-hmm. You know, like why exactly is Josh asking me this question? So you already have them thinking. Whereas before, you weren't putting any question to them. If you don't do that, then they just swing and they're just making all the decisions without you throwing anything into the mix. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little politrick you can do here, which is you may follow up. And so if they, if you go, Jimmy, who are you attacking? And he goes, I'm attacking Craig. And you go, Why? Add another layer, and then they have to stop and think, why did he ask why? And they might answer. Yeah. And if they answer, it's awesome. Well, because Craig, blah, blah, blah. Great. Now he and Craig are fighting. <laughs> yeah, actually, this has happened quite often because you... It, I it, do this all the time. Yeah, I know. I know you do. <laughs> uh, and then the other person goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, yep. hold on. Yep. And, and then you just lean back, and all of a sudden, those two <laughs> are like hashing it out, and you're like, what did I just do? I just made them very antagonistic to each other. That's true. Well, I mean, the other thing is like you also are forcing people to vocally identify problems on the board and bring it to other people's attention. Yes. So even though you're... I mean, this clearly has a very easy way to backfire where you just 
if you're just only doing this, people are like, stop, let's look at your board because yes. all you're doing is throwing blame on other people. But just the occasional thing here and there makes a big difference. Put it in your bag of tricks, but you can't play it all the time. But yeah. once in a while, you'll be amazed what this does. You'll They'll suddenly be arguing with each other. Why are you attacking me? Because you did this. No, what? But yeah. what about, you know, and those, and before you know it, they're talking about a game two weeks ago where they were fighting each other. And you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> this they're, is awesome. They're going to yeah. fight each other to the death. We don't even have to worry about them. Yeah. Um, okay. So now let's go to the other scenario where they roll a dice. They roll a dice. It comes up your number and they're about to swing at you. Here's the poly trick. <laughs> don't let them off the hook. Yeah. Do not allow it. Don't say they chose to roll the dice. They made a choice. Yeah. And the choice ended up that you took damage. You don't have to you don't have to like shake your head and say, Yeah, that's fine, dude. It was the universe that decided. No, you didn't have to swing at me. You could have chose to swing at somebody else. You chose me. Yeah. Or the dice chose, but you're the one that rolled it. You're right. the one that has ended up in this situation where I'm taking damage. And that ain't cool, bro. That ain't cool. Don't let them off the hook because that absolves them of blame. And there's this weird thing that happens and you're thinking like who why do they care if they're blamed or not? Yeah. Because when somebody does something to you and you express that they have wronged you, it's tough to keep coming at that person. It's amazing how often. It only takes once as well. You're right. It's amazing how often like somebody will swing at me with the dice and I'll be like, that's not cool, man. He's like, the dice said, no, you rolled the dice. That, that was you. You made the decision. Own it. <laughs> and I'll just say that to him and they'll be like, and the next time, no way they're attacking me. <laughs> Like I don't want, I don't want Josh to get mad at me again. So I'm just it's not, gonna... it's not even mad. It's just like they just, just don't want like... to get the 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 response. They're just like, well, uh, he was right. Yeah, I gotta own up to it. It's like, uh, and, and all of a sudden they attack the next else. person to your left, and they're like, and they almost want to prove it to you. They almost go, look, I'm gonna hit everybody. Yeah, and then you're like, boom, got him. Because if you hit everybody, you're dead, man. You can never win this game. <laughs> your only chance is to just attack one person because if you just piss everybody off, how are you ever going to win? That's true, especially if your board's getting stronger by the turn and so each consecutive hit is worse than the first one. Like, yeah. You want to be at the You beginning. actually want to be the first person. Yeah, it's like hit. waterfalls. You, know? you want to yeah. be at the, the front of the line in, in this case. Yeah, that trick is amazingly powerful. And that's a trick you can play more often. Mm -hmm. You can just have less tolerance for it you never do the thing where they go i'm attacking you because you have the soul ring man and you just shake your head yeah that makes sense you never do that i mean you can but why there's no upside to it i would always go like nope you're choosing to attack me i am not okay with it yeah i mean that's at the, fine at the very least no one can really blame you for that reaction unless you take it to like the next level and actually get really upset but like no one can blame you for being like no why'd you swing at me i don't care if you roll the dice like, you still hit me. I'm exactly. Dying. Thanks. There's a tremendous amount of social pressure that comes from just being affronted. Yeah. You know, just being being wronged, you know. And it feels <laughs> like no you're, one wants to be wronged. Either. And no one wants to be the person that wronged you. Yeah. You know, that's where the social pressure comes in. It's like, oh, man, I attacked him and he hadn't done anything to me yet. And he didn't like it. <laughs> and, you know, it's just very often they just will go after another person just to prove to you like, hey, I'm I'm being fair here. Yeah. You know, and, well, and I bet a bunch of people listening have been the person who this has happened to, and they ended up attacking everybody, and they're thinking like, "Holy crap, I got Jedi mind tricked!" And yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, even if it wasn't on purpose, no. Yeah. Like that's just a natural human behavior to be like, "Well, you know, I want more allies than enemies, so I'm going to swing at this other guy and make an ally of a previous enemy." Yeah. What did you just do? You made two enemies yeah, made instead two of enemies, one. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, that's really funny. The I've also seen this happen a lot. You're right, where someone goes like they roll for the first one, they hit someone, and they're like, "All right, from now on, I'm gonna go in a circle. And I'm just gonna go to the person to the left." Yep. You were just where it started. I'm not gonna roll every time. Yep. But no, if you're gonna go the dice way, you just gotta dice it each time. But it's very, very risky. It's why I don't like the dice thing, and you almost never see me do it. Yeah. Because it's just the way it can backfire on you is really bad, and and, and none of the outcomes are really great because either mm-hmm. you're attacking the same person over and over, which maybe you don't want to do, or you're attacking everybody, which you definitely don't want to do. Yeah. I mean. What country in the world attacks like the country on its north border, its south border, and its east border, like all one after the other? That's the stupidest thing you could ever do. So, okay, choose one country if you're going to take it over, guys. Come on, be reasonable. <laughs> Play it like it's risk. Yeah. Uh, the next category you alluded to earlier, I call it "kill them with kindness." Kindness and smiles. So if if being affronted, being wronged, and calling somebody out on it is is social pressure there's yeah. there's the there is the inverse of that pressure and uh this is some psychological tech it's it's sort of incentive based right it's what i call social rewards uh most people are really aware of the stick you know the carrot in the stick analogy mm-hmm. but they don't use the carrot that much and the carrot can be often like a lot more effective so i'm talking about i'm not talking about carrots like I make you draw cards or I give you mana to spend. Right. I'm not talking about card-based carrots. I'm talking about social rewards. So things like, oh, man, what card is that? That is a, that is a really good card in that deck. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Man, that's so cool. Look at that foil version. Did you just get that? Oh, yep. dude, is that the game day promo? Holy crap. I wanted one of those. Where'd you get that thing? You won FNM? Dude, that's so cool, man. It is really, really, really hard to attack that guy. <laughs> Unless you're a sadistic and you want to prove a point. <laughs> I mean, it's difficult. Yeah, I know what you mean. It really is. Like, a guy that's like, man, that is a beautiful deck you've got there. Like, And that card, man, I've always wanted one of those. And it's just like, you can't go overboard. All of this stuff has to be handled with a certain amount of subtlety. But, True. You know, but you're I'm, also not going to kill the guy that was like, your land is beautiful. Like, I tap for 20 mana. Again, my, yeah, it's just hard <laughs> to do it. It's really difficult. If someone's being nice, if they're laughing at your jokes, if they're just being friendly towards you. Yeah. It, that's a very powerful thing. No, yeah. being genuinely friendly. Yeah. Because if you put on a false, then everyone, again, it's one of those things where, like you said, if you go overboard, everyone's going to turn at you and be like, you are crazy. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you, yes, exactly. You have to, it, just like everything, it's got to be subtlety. But this politrick is just the compliment. Yeah. You know, it's just, that is very, very powerful. I mean, like you said, you don't necessarily want to lie. Uh, you can mean all the things you say. I mean, if they got a foil Elshnorn with that Phyrexian, you know, uh, text all over it heck yeah that is an amazing card and yeah. you can call it out and you know if they have like a comic-con promo you know yeah but it's important to say it out loud and to demonstrate it out that uh, you know demonstrate that to them um also it does two things so right. just like how we love cards that do two things you know we're always talking about versatility in a card mm-hmm. a compliment does two things it makes the person feel good less likely to attack you it also usually points out something that's powerful and strong that other people might want to worry about true or just would not have paid attention to like yeah. the, the, that phrase wow i never would have thought that card in that deck it's so good yeah what and a smart what a smart card to put in there that card is awesome in that the deck. card could also just be like a b in the deck yeah. right but everyone else looking at it now is like wow that is a good interaction geez that's really scary that guy yeah. might not be able to kill me now holy crap i might need to board wrath you know like it, it's a way because if you just go guys that card right there is really square, scary. We might want to kill it. 
that's going to work like not very often. Yeah, well, you're commanding people to do something. Yeah. And if they don't agree with you, then bad news. Even if they agree, they might be like, that's just, I'm not going to be ordered around by yeah. another person. Or at the I table. have other priorities. That, yeah, yeah, come on. Thank you very much, man. Yeah. Don't tell me how to play. <laughs> but if you go, geez, that card, what a smart card to put it on there. It combos with this and this and this. That's brilliant, man. I got to put that in my Animar deck. And yeah. the other people are like, they're not, they don't feel like they're being ordered around so they're like well they're naturally curious as yeah. any player would be if you if you have that kind of compliment for a card specifically mm-hmm. so i love that play it's again you have to pull a lot rarely but it, it'll do some amazing amazing things for i you. generally only do this if i actually think the card is amazing and the other night we were playing and what'd you play storm stormforge mystic and i right. did this and i go oh man stormforge that's really good I'm, and then i'm just start musing i'm like stormforge is such a good card it's like one of the top 50 cards of all time right <laughs> You know, and they were like, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And it was like, yep, d- done. Did my work. Like I just said, hey, that card's powerful. I and did end up dying first in that game. So thanks, Josh. Yeah, sorry. All because I played a legacy card. That was just one brick. <laughs> one brick, Jimmy. Brick by brick. It wasn't because of that one moment. I'm sad that there was a single brick that <laughs> toppled the empire. <laughs> um, the deck wasn't finished anyway. It didn't matter. <laughs> uh, the next category I call creating problems. So this is really big, and it's basically what you've been doing the whole time. But I see this a lot, which is like people don't do any politics or politics mm-hmm. until there's a problem. So they wait until the Ulumog hit the table, and then they're going to try to deflect it. And yeah, it's, like, it's funny how quiet the table is until a big threat hits, and then it's just like, blah, 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 yeah. like everyone's just talking. Exactly. No, you got to be creating problems early so that when the Ulamog comes out, or you know, I'm just using that as an example, obviously, it, you've already set the groundwork so that the you know, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. I mean, it. your ideal is you talk until the problem happens and then you let your actions just do exactly what you were hoping for. Right. And it's very powerful that when the problem happens, you don't have to speak that much. Yeah. Everybody else is being very obvious. And you seem like the guy that's like, guys, seriously, like, we're just all going to die. <laughs> and you seem reasonable because you're not, you know, you've laid the groundwork in the direction you want to. And they already wa- he already wants to attack this other player, sort of, because you set up, you know... It, you complimented this card and you, you know, you said, why'd you attack that guy? And he said, because X, Y, Z. And like, you know, you already set up the groundwork, you laid the bricks. So a lot of this is been similar. I'm going to call this next one painting targets. So this happens a lot. You know, you, again, you want to create conflict between other players, but you want to be subtle. So there's a lot of phrases we hear all the time in magic, which, you know, people will go like, how many cards does everybody have in their hand? Mm Mm-hmm. And everybody will look at their hand and five, six, four, whatever. But 20, that's, you're painting a target on yourself when you say those things. Oh, yeah. You know, you have to realize that when you say like. You just go, uh, 20. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, no, no. I mean, when the person that asked the question, the person that said, how many cards does everybody have in their hand? It's true. Well, I mean, I think this could depend, but I agree. I I see where you're going. Yeah. Or if you say, if somebody goes, "How how many lands does everybody have? You know, everyone starts thinking, okay, what's he got? Does he have land tax mm-hmm. or something? Or does he have something that's destroying all my lands, you know? Yeah. And so those are just loaded questions you have to be really careful about. But let's say you ask the question a different way. And this is something, well, let me put this this way. You can also be like, dude, this guy's got 20 cards in his hand. We got to kill him. Yeah. You know, we got to take him out. He's got way too many cards in his hand. That's the same thing as going, hey, guys, that card's powerful. We got to team up and get it, mm-hmm. you know? Or, man, this guy's, look at how much mana he's got. We got to do something about it, everybody. You know, that's what people, that's the politics, you know, quote unquote, that most people refer to. That's like, that's like the D level politics. (laughs) That's like the Bush league politics. The way you do it is you go, geez, Jimmy, how many cards do you have in your hand? 
Think you have enough? Jeez. Yeah. Oh, man. How many? 23? Oh, jeez. Okay. What's drawing that? Oh, right. That car. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. Yeah. You're not ordering anyone around. There's a natural aversion yeah. to taking orders from another player. You don't want them to play the game for you. You don't want someone... Here's the other thing. You don't want someone to order you around. So what, what's your, what are you doing ordering other people around? Exactly. So... That doesn't help you. But case. asking questions and doing those things is like... It's like, how many... Oh, man. Cabal coffers? How many swamps do you have? So you can make like 28 mana next turn? But you know the best part is... I've done this too. It's like, oh, my God. You have that and the other guy... Holy crap, you can make like 400 mana or yeah, something. And, the, just, and the person goes like, no, I can make like 35. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, good enough, bud. Thanks, pal. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. I, I like to use the phrase like, oh, man, what, are, what am I going to do about you? You can basically make unlimited mana. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I'm not going to calculate it. It's just, it's like, you can make infinite mana. You yeah. know, I like to throw out the word infinite. <laughs> when it has nothing to do with the board. Yeah, like, they can it, make 22 mana. Yeah. You know, it's, they're not even close to infinite, but it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. that's the question you're asking. So it's way more subtle to use turn of phrases like that, you know, and that's probably going to work out a lot better for you mm-hmm. in the long run than trying to, like, rally everybody together, you know, in a very straightforward manner. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I like this next one. <laughs> I do this so we much. We did mention this too, actually. I, I figure you do this for. I mean, if you played poker in the past, I'm guessing you did this for this as well. One it's, of the tell, one of the find, biggest though. tells in poker is when the cards are flipped up, where their eyes go. Uh-huh. If their eyes go to their chips immediately, then usually that means that they caught a, caught a piece of you know whatever the cards in the middle were flipped up. This is for holding right. specifically, so you know you don't know their whole cards. But if they see it, you know, if a king gets flipped up, it's like king eight five, and they look immediately towards their chips. They're thinking it's it's a reflex of like I got to bet, I got to yeah. put some money in there, I'm, or I'm going to match if someone bets. And and usually that means they got a king. I mean, you know, they see something they like mm-hmm. out there. I mean, it's not always like that, obviously, but that's just it's a thing. So in the way this works in EDH is, and I love doing this. this is one of my favorite tricks. I hate giving it away. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, here we go. So it's Jimmy's turn. And usually this won't be until turn seven, eight plus. Things have developed. Things have developed and powerful things can start happening. And you really need to buy yourself turns. You don't want people like attacking you at this point in the game because they, if they don't kill you outright, they can cripple you to the point where it's hard for you to win from this yeah. point forward. And so Jimmy's, and this is also the time in the game where big decisions are made. So the turns slow down a little bit. So Jimmy's in the tank a little bit and he's looking at his cards and he's sort of looking around the table. And I'm watching his eyes, and as soon as his eyes settle on my board for a beat, maybe, you know, a little bit longer than a glance, mm-hmm. I call him on it. So I, I, I call him out. I say, hey, hey, why are you looking at my stuff, man? What? No, I, no I'm just looking at the whole table. Uh, really? Because it seemed like you were just staring at my stuff. Like, are, are you going to... Is there something you're going to do here? Are you coming at me? No, no, I'm just looking. I'm just trying to read your cards. Boom. Got him. <laughs> he just said he's not going to do anything to me. Thanks. Thanks I just Josh. got a non-aggression pact for at least that turn. Yeah, for one cycle. Yeah, now it's not 100%. Listen, yeah. he might still. But it's very hard for Jimmy to now do something to me because he just said he wouldn't. Yeah, man, I was just looking at your cards. I guess I, I did say it. And you can call him on it if he does. And so you get some equity out of this no matter what happens now. Either he doesn't come at you with whatever his big thing he was going to do because he just told you he wouldn't, yeah. or he does, and you go, dude, I just asked you point blank, and you said no, and now you're coming at me? <laughs> well, now I can't trust anything you're going to say ever. And people, it's amazing how people go like, you know what? You're right. 
uh, I'll attack you instead. Yeah. It's like, hold on, you are insulting my honor, yep. and I can't have that happen. Yep. I'm going to swing at someone else. Yep. <laughs> it is amazing. It works so well. This is one of my favorite tricks. It just stops people dead in their tracks. You trick them into agreeing not to do anything right. to you. And this isn't fail-safe. I mean, there will be times when yeah, someone just goes, sure. all right, now I'm swinging at you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're right, you're bored. I do want to swing at your board now that I've looked at it. <laughs> and if they do that, like I said, just ride it like a pony. Right? Yeah. Just be like... You've wronged me. You've betrayed me. You cannot be trusted. You know, yeah. you're untrustworthy. You, if that person tries to strike up a deal with someone else, you, you just, are yep. in there. You're, you're like, in there. You're on, like, you, you trust this guy? Him. He just told me he wasn't going to attack me. And then that yeah. same turn, he put down Ulamog and attacked me. Like, you're going to ever trust a word this guy says ever? The funny thing about that, too, is you are still an active participant. If that, let's say it does kill you. Like, let's say he swings and you're just done. You're like, fine. All right, I lose. You know, you're still playing for the next game and the, the next, next game, game after yeah. that, and the game's next because week. That, and that everything. person, it's not like you're like, like you're yep. shut off and you can't say anything for the rest of the match. Yeah, and, you know, true. There are different levels of this too, obviously, and do it. Don't be annoying, but like you know, you've got power past that. If something else happens, you can ensure you can almost ensure that the person that killed you doesn't win the game if you play it right. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, that's up to you. I, I don't necessarily play it that way, but what I do play is for a next game down the line. Yeah, when I'm. St- the guy is going to feel bad because I do, I, I'm acting affronted and that's just naturally how you feel. And I'm also like, you know, being accusatory about his betrayal and he's going to probably try and prove to me that he's, he is honorable. Right. Cause he's playing for the long game too. And that's not necessarily the worst thing. Cause I feel like we all kind of do this mm-hmm. for each other in some ways. It just depends on how you got to that spot in the first place. Yeah. And if so, it was because of your own doing, then you're just writing your own wrong. You're not really advancing, you know, in the, the, <laughs> the, 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 I don't know, the politicking. Right, right. Politricking? Politricking, yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love that one. Um, okay, the next section I'm calling Threaten Effects. Threaten. So this is the most common political quote-unquote trick. It's the first one. It's literally the first one I heard. It's like the first they, one everybody... This is like if you don't involve yourself in the politics of EDH at all, you'd still do this, mm-hmm. which is like somebody's got a creature... They're about to attack you, and you go, hey, hey, if you attack me with that thing, I will kill it. Yep. It's going bye-bye. It's just a threat. It's just a threat. It's the easiest, most straightforward way to explain how politicking works. Yeah. And it can work, and it can be effective, and that's mm-hmm. why people do it. Um, you have one white man open. You can say that every single time the turn passes to you, and someone try- or the priority passes to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know? Now, I like to take it a little bit further than that. I I do the same thing, but I just do it in a different manner. I think Brendan talked about this mm-hmm. when he was on um, for the Space Standards episodes. And I just like to do a little bit more explaining. And the way I like to do it is I like to explain to them I don't want to kill their thing. You know? Yeah. Look, man, I'd rather use this on something else. But if you swing it at me, I, I, I have, have to. to. Yeah. I have to. So here's the choices that you and I have. They're both bad if you attack me. Mm-hmm. Yours is your thing comes at me and it dies, and I use my removal spell and i'd rather use it on the consecrated sphinx but i gotta protect my life total here so if you don't swing at me now we both have good choices i can kill the consecrated sphinx later and you hit and you still do damage to somebody so mm-hmm. everybody's happy look at that hooray everybody's being reasonable <laughs> nobody's threatening anybody it's like i did threaten your creature but i said i didn't want to yeah it, it's another kind of verbal non agreement or non-verbal agreement sorry yes. to not like okay i won't swing at you because you you have bring up a good point yeah there's there's this very reasonable tone 
that you can get. Yeah. I you think know, being reasonable is very important in general. Well, we've talked about many levels. Yeah. Sometimes it's being affronted. Sometimes it's being complimentary. You know, this is in the middle of those teams. This is being reasonable. I'm being reasonable. I don't want to do this thing. I just will be forced into it. You're forcing my hand here. Neither of us wants this. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's politics. If you're just doing threatening or you're just doing angry or you're just doing compliments, if you don't have any range, people are going to nail you. They're going to know this guy does that. Yeah. And then they're going to be able to, to, you know, predict what you're going to do and react to it really easy. It's really easy to ignore a guy who just always acts like everybody betrayed him all the time. But if the guy is reasonable sometimes, and he's complimenting you sometimes, and sometimes he's angry, then it's really a lot harder. Variety is the spice of life in mm-hmm. this case. And don't be a one-trick pony either. Um, I mean, when you start off that you kind of only have a couple of tricks in your wheelhouse, or yeah. you learn them from having other people use them on you, or just watching them in action. And that's one of the more fun parts, too, is seeing how everyone approaches it differently. But yeah, don't be a one-trick pony, because like Josh said, you'll get found out, and... You know, you're playing with smart people in general. Yeah, I mean, magic maybe, players are very smart. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say about threats is that strategy of like, I'm going to kill your thing or threatening people. It doesn't work so good if you keep doing it to different players. Yeah. Because you're, you know, when I say brick by brick, every time you threaten somebody that you're being antagonistic. So then the next person comes. Now you've just created, you know, what's the old saying? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yep. Well, if you got two enemies... There's a good chance they ally up to kill you. Yeah, or it'll be easy. You're giving them a free reason yeah. for his witch to do it later. Yeah, so just be careful with the threats. I, yeah. I know that's what the sort of the first trick we all learn. You just should also be the first one we stop using. The next category is what I call meta concerns. So this one's a little controversial. Uh, we've talked about it already. It's just the idea that, you know, there's going to be a lot of spillover mm-hmm. from game to game. And and we've mentioned this before, but there's spillover from other games to other games. Right. So if you've been betrayed in another game and now we're playing Magic, you can hold the guy accountable for that betrayal in that other game. So these are just things to sort of widen your net mm-hmm. as far as your ammunition politically. You know, it's totally fair game. I don't, you know, we're going to talk about the etiquette in a couple, in a few minutes about how to use all this stuff, but... You know, disclaimer for all this stuff is you have to keep it within bounds. You yeah. know, there's going to be boundaries. So, you know, be careful of that stuff. But you can totally bring up, you know, the time where in this other game, the player betrayed you and now you don't trust him. Yeah, especially if the other player is not going to outright deny it. You know, if there is truth and reality to the situation, you can. it's, it's all relevant. Yep. I mean, some people say you shouldn't hold these things you know between games like no why would you know each game is a separate incident there's no reason it just it doesn't help you out as a whole and i would argue that even if it even it would be better to not have it it's just it it's unrealistic it's gonna it's happen literally no, impossible it's gonna happen no matter what you're yeah. dealing with people and emotions and feelings and humans you know the cards themselves don't have feelings but everyone else has the memories and feelings and they've they've all been to wherever you don't want it to transfer over from it's it's all happened before yeah it's literally impossible to keep each game separate um, the other part that this plays is, well, let's go back to the threat example. Mm-hmm. You're about to attack me. I say, dude, if you attack me with that, I'm going to kill it. You attack me and it turns out I was lying and I don't have the kill spell. What's that do for every game after that? You're a liar. You, you don't never believe me. Yeah. And if they, and, and in general, you'll be rewarded more than not, but to not believe you. Yeah, exactly. And so now you just, for that one lie, you just really messed up your trustworthiness your believability 
for the next, you know, five, six, ten sessions that you play with these people. So was mm-hmm. that was that one moment worth it? It better be. Yeah. And I don't think it was. So you have to carry through with the things you say you're going to do. This is why betraying somebody, like just straight backstabbing somebody is very dangerous. Yeah. Because it, it can mean that nobody in your playgroup will ally with you in any game moving forward for months and months. You know? So how important is the one game that you're about to backstab somebody in? <laughs> you know, you have to be really careful about stuff like that. It also means like, you know, don't be on the opposite end. Don't be a pushover. Yeah. So if somebody betrays you or does something, you know, says they're not going to attack you and then attacks you, if they learn like, hey. He doesn't do anything about it. He doesn't even get mad. He doesn't do anything. Then they're just going to do that to you every time because why not? Yeah. And and it's kind of like the same thing with like bullying. Like it only takes you once or twice to stand up to something before it stops. Right. You know, it doesn't, it's not like something you're going to have to do for the rest of your time playing. Like just going against that aggression and like holding someone to something once will be pretty adequate in terms of like setting your reputation. It's like, okay, you don't get pushed around. Yeah. That guy's not a pushover. Like if yeah. I do, if I wrong him in some way socially, he's going to call me on it. Yeah. And yeah. your politicking will evolve to the next level because of it. Yep. For sure. Um, Almost near the end here. A couple more. One, The second to the last one is fear my wrath. Like wrath of God? <laughs> um, part of A big part of politics is reputation building, right? Yeah. So what do politicians do? They sort of start out, and maybe they're the mayor or, you know, they get a... Local governor. Local government, governor. They move up. They, can, they create a track record, mm-hmm. you know, of the bills they've helped pass or the, you know, what legislation they for, that they've yeah. championed. And they create this reputation. And, and and EDH is no different. So one of the things I always like to say is I want my wrath, you know, if you anger me, I want that to be a calculation in the equation that my opponents have to worry about. Right. So this kind of goes to the don't be a pushover thing. It kind of goes to the meta thing. You just don't want to have a reputation for like, I can swing at that guy, you know, he won't he won't try and get retribution. He, yeah, don't be the punching bag. Exactly. Out no, of kindness, especially. Yeah, and I think like people will go like, well, if I swing at Josh, and I might still do it, but I have to do it knowing that he will hold the grudge. He will probably want to get retribution. He will have a mm-hmm. response. You know? It Whether might be, it's this game or next. At some point he's gonna get me back for this. So do I want to take that heat? Maybe I do. I don't do it to the point where like they fear that I'm going to flip the table and like, <laughs> you know, Hulk out. Yeah, exactly. That's not what I'm talking about. I just mean that they, they have to calculate it. It yeah. has, it, it just isn't like they don't even have to think about it. Well, I don't, I'm not going to worry what yeah, that's going to do. That's the actual worst yes. situation you want to be in as a player. You never want someone to be like, well, you know, he, he can be the, uh, the punching bag for this round. Yeah. And, uh, and he never seems to mind. So he never gets mad about it. He's a good natured guy. He's going to drink his beer. He's going to chuckle. And you know, that's the guy that nobody's afraid to attack. You want to be the guy that they are afraid to attack. You know, yeah. So this is the politrick. It's that simply voicing displeasure is really more powerful than you think it is. You know, In the long run, it can really thwart aggression. Mm-hmm. So you know, just saying like, it's not cool, dude. I haven't done anything to you. Why are you attacking me? Yeah. And when they have to, the best is when they have to justify it too. Yeah. Like, they can't just not answer the question. You ask the question, you'd be like, well, I mean, I, you were this and that. I'm like, what? That's not true. I have not. I, I do this all the time because in EDH games, what happens is you're doing stuff and, you know, you had to destroy something on this guy over here. And all of a sudden, for no really good reason except for that, you've kind of, your board looks a little bit scary or mm-hmm. you're, you're kind of have more mana than people. Or you have more cards or you just look like, you know, you're not like in a huge 
a lead, but you're in a little bit of a lead, maybe. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, this guy that you haven't even been looking at the whole game starts to attack you. And I like to just be like, hey, this whole game, I could have attacked you last turn, and I pointedly did not. Yeah. You know, and why are you coming at me? I haven't done anything to you. I'm looking at this guy over here because I had to kill, you know, this artifact that was going to do stuff. And here you're coming at me for no reason, man. Not cool. And it's amazing the social pressure that that puts on another player. And hey, they may still keep attacking you that game. Or they may attack you more because of it, you know. They may, but from that point forward, they know. know I can't just hit him and he just doesn't say anything. You know, if I come at him, I better mean it. Yeah. Because he's not going to just take it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is a very powerful thing. Yeah, you never, again, don't be the person that doesn't say anything because you're not going to help yourself win games in the long run. Like, you could have the most powerful deck in the in the world and if you don't say anything because people are like, well, he spent the most money on his deck, so we're just going to swing at him. It's like, oh, well, you really have doomed yourself now, huh? Very true. <clears throat> okay, two more left. One is practice makes perfect. Yeah, this is pretty applicable to most everything. Yep, and I think for some reason there's just this hole in people's uh, thinking about politics where you just think you're sort of political or you're not. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in life where you don't get better at it by doing it, by trying it, by experimenting yeah. with it. You know, And so I know there are people and Magic is a game that does draw a lot of people who are not super social. You know, that's it's just draws that type of person yeah, it's very a thinking often. Man's game, kind of yeah, and it's sort of game. you you go into your into the tank and you think about your cards and you make your calculations and you know EDH is a lot about interacting with other people and you don't have to do it to an extreme measure. Yeah, just a little bit of it will go a long way, and you'll be amazed how just just trying it. Yeah, it's definitely something to not be afraid of. Yes. I think I think some people are naturally inclined to not want to a like create drama or create tension mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and sort of a lot of the stuff that we're talking about is like you know go up to someone not go up to them but like in game ask them why they did something you know actually make them accountable for what they're doing and a lot of people shy away from that mm-hmm. it's all part of the game right it's min maxing it's just min maxing the social social aspect and so yeah. this will bring us to the last point which is keep it in the game yes this is the most important one to me yeah and so this is e- easy for jimmy and i because you know Jimmy's an actor. I was a theater major in yeah. college. Like we've both done a lot of improv. It's very easy for us to put on this mask and compartmentalize the game. And then that's not who I am. I'm almost playing a little bit of a part. You know, yeah. I'm the EDH player. I'm not Josh, the guy that you know is your five color Josh. Yeah, that's you know? it's almost like a different person in a little way. You're a planeswalker. <laughs> yes, you found your spark. <laughs> well, we know I'm Wooberg, and uh, yeah, I forget the card that uh, was Jack made for us. <laughs> I think it just you get to tutor a lot, which is just insane. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can think of it that way, and it re- it really does help, which is mm-hmm. just like you're sort of playing a part to some degree. I mean, it's still you, but it's just like this different version of you. Yeah. You know, but keep the things in the game and keep it reasonable for the game. So like I said, when I say express anger, I don't mean, ah, you jerk, you attack me. Yeah. You know, and don't start cussing people. It's just like, just don't do nothing. Just be like, hey man, come on. Why'd you do that? Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. It's just don't just do nothing. Yeah. There are a lot of different levels of this as well. And you know, you could be with a group of friends that just, you know, loves to swear, get really angry and yeah. like showy about it. And you could be with a group of friends that is all about just like much more civilized, calm talk around the table. But it, the same thing still happens. Like you still need to react to situations and have a point and know what direction you're, you're like, you know, you, you need to make these decisions for a reason. And that's what makes the table polit- political. It doesn't matter the volume or how intense you are. 
as long as you're just not sitting around doing nothing. There's something I like to do, and it's that after the game, I like to snap out of it. You know, I like to very pointedly take off that mask. Mm-hmm. And and Andy talked about this also on the Space Janitors episode, how it was very intense in-game. And then after game, I was like, hey, man, great play. That was pretty awesome, like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was like, it was almost like a different person talking about the game that we just played because I want to make sure they know, like, yeah, I was playing a part. Like, I didn't want you to attack me, so I had to express that I didn't like it when you attacked me. But that doesn't mean that, like, as soon as the game's over, I'm mad at you. It, yeah. It's totally yeah. cool. Then that was a good play, and you were smart to attack me. But I was also smart to try and get you not to. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's that's a that's a really good strategy just after the game to just snap out of it don't don't hold people accountable for things that happen in the game when you're not playing it yeah that's definitely realm for some sloppy stuff Mm -hmm. to happen you don't want that um okay so i think that's going to wrap up this topic for now Politrick, and i'll have to bring in my politics next time yeah i mean i've got just, a few random ones that i you know i should just take note of it because a lot of them i just kind of do knowing the this outcome is, i had to like pay very close attention while playing for the last few weeks uh to note down when i did things and then sort of think of why i did them because mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's just sort of like things i've learned and honed over yeah. years and years but i didn't really ever sit down and go this is why i do this and this is why i do that yeah you know so that's a big thing yeah and you know Oh, I can't believe I gave so much away. <laughs> but just remember, I may t- have taught you everything you know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. Oh, ho, ho. everything they know. Well, hopefully you guys have some uh, hidden <laughs> Sorry. tips and Isn't that from like own. The Hustler? Or, yeah, it uh, is. Color of Money? One of those two. Yeah. Oh, man, those movies are great. I love The Color of Money. <laughs> um, that's true. If you guys actually have your own cool little fun tips and stuff, and I, you know, add to the knowledge pool, why not? Because the thing is, like, if you're politicking right, you're never going to be like, aha i caught so-and-so doing this because i remember them talking about it like if you're doing it right no one notices that's the whole point yeah that is the whole point you never want to get called out on it you know if you're doing that then you're you're being too obvious or you're being you're too redundant you're doing the same thing too many times um yeah i would love it if people in the comment section or on twitter um would just you know hit us up with your favorite politrix in fact use the hashtag politricking and give us uh, some of your good political shenanigans and, yeah. and, and, and or politics little, little uh jedi mind tricks that you like to pull yeah and i will uh do my paula tips for paula p-a-u-l-a <laughs> paula thank you for again being i will awesome. tip you like 18 you, to 20 percent. 18 to 20 percent, maybe 25 you know if i'm if i'm feeling good about my if budget. i never see the bottom of that coffee cup then it's 25 <laughs> percent. yeah exactly so now moving on to the end step where we talk about uh a cool thing outside of the world of magic. And my cool thing is a restaurant in Los Angeles called Sri Sai Am. Jimmy, you know this place well? So well. It is... I feel spoiled. It is the best Thai food you will ever have. (laughs) Um, That includes Lotus of Siam in Las Vegas, which is very, very good, but still not as good as Sri Siam. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're ever in Los Angeles or if you already live here and for some reason don't know about this place, it's in a little strip mall. It's uh, in it's North, North Hollywood. Hollywood yeah. It's on the corner of Coldwater and Van Owen. Um, if you go there for the first time, you need to talk to me first so I can tell you what to order because there are <laughs> things that aren't on the menu. You know, there's, they've got the secret Asian menu. And also, you don't go there to order things like pad thai and things like that. No, you can, but don't. It'll still... It, their pad thai is very good, but that's just a waste. They have, like, authentic, real Thai food, not Americanized yeah. Thai food that you will... That's amazing. So the crispy rice salad being like the number one. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Do you, we, we took your parents there when they were in town. And yeah, they really liked it. 
Yeah. And I'm thinking about it now, and I'm getting hungrier by the second. <laughs> Streets I am. It is is super good. We'll put a uh, link to the uh, I guess the Yelp reviews in the comments. Uh, and how how did you find out about this place? Oh my um my good friend, his wife is from Thailand, mm-hmm. and her parents actually who live in Thailand had heard about this restaurant where in thailand where they live and wow. so when they came to visit they were like everyone in thailand talks about this place so we that's, need to go that's amazing yeah. yeah it'd be like oh yeah i'm gonna go to china and someone's like have you been to this restaurant like that's you, yeah. that's the level you're not even in the same country and they're talking about it yeah so that's how good it is yeah it is great uh and it's super genuine the prices are also very very reasonable cheap. yeah very super cheap. cheap yeah which um, is great <laughs> hard to find in la yes i agree all right that's a good end step all right so uh just a reminder iTunes reviews. Mm-hmm. Yep, we could. It really helps us out. So give us a good star rating and a written review actually helps us even more. Yep, so. and we will be in GP Vegas, so you can call out Josh on all of the politics he revealed to us this episode. You can try then use them against me. Yes, and you know it would be very sweet to use it against you and not have you notice. Well, the worst part is that now Jimmy's going to use them all against me, or even worse, he's going to be like, "Hey, you're doing that thing that you talked about." Yeah, because every time I do one now, you're going to notice it. I started to notice a little more recently. Usually I'm just like, usually I'm so like obsessed with my own game plan that I'm just not thinking about what everyone else is doing or the, you know, what's happening around the board. But, you know, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, tell about some of my politics someday in the future. <laughs> well, definitely this, this, um, topic is just like, it, you can go, you can go forever. Yeah. You can just keep going. We're deep. barely skimming the surface here as usual. Um, oh, and the masters of modern podcast, our sister podcast, uh, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman are the hosts of that one. It's about modern as a format, but it's also about just competitive magic in general. If you have not checked it out, we really encourage you to. Those guys are super smart. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have awesome guests. They had Tom LaPille lately. They've had Travis Wu. They've had some really big. Matt Sperling was on there. So they get great guests. And uh, definitely encourage you to check that out. So Yeah, they're awesome. They do a great job. And they talk about the parts of the game that we don't talk about. And magic's a very big, wide world, including modern and modern is a really fun format because there actually are a lot of parallels between modern. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of things that are applicable uh, to our format. So you may think like, oh, that's a totally different format and I'm mm-hmm. not going to learn anything. No, you'll learn plenty. Yep. And join us again on Thursday when we release our next episode where we are going to talk about our top 10 green cards. We're continuing the cycle. And uh, I think we only have a couple of colors left before we get into like artifacts. and No, we've done artifacts, but before we get into like multicolors and stuff. So uh, it's going to be an exciting one. There are a lot of really fun cards in green. Green was tough, tougher than I thought it would be. Yeah, because it's a very diverse color, I feel. Yeah, I, feel, I thought it wasn't going to be, and then it was. Yep. So. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you on Thursday. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. 
answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs> 